Welcome to the Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death podcast. I'm your co-host, Josh. And I'm your co-host, the girlfriend, Cindy. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Let's Scare My Girlfriend to Death, the podcast where we explore the history and context of horror movies with a veteran viewer and a virgin viewer. My name is Cindy. I am, uh, I'm, I'm Josh. I am the victim. He is the perpetrator, just so we have that clear. Um, can, uh, can, in, mm-hmm? Moving forward, can mm-hmm? we never again refer to me as the perpetrator? <laughs> I mean... Don't like uh, that at all. The facts are what they are. Okay. Also, I feel like we will soon, if not already, could upgrade you from virgin to intermediate viewer. I no, mean, that has in, less of a... Uh, in the patriarchy, there is black or white, virgin, not virgin. There's no in-between. Whore or Madonna? <laughs> Whore or Madonna? It goes from... Madonnas. Madonnas. Okay, so uh, each month we pick a theme. August is Josh's month, and he chose... How do you explain this? I always do it wrong. Uh, well, originally I thought... Ghost Stories of the you, Twist. You actually, yeah, you came up with that, which is very succinct. Twist. My idea was I could think of at least four or five... If not more, I can actually probably think of a couple more horror films mm-hmm. that are all very similarly plotted, but they're very different okay. movies. Oh, okay. And they're all about ghosts. And I was like, I kind of want to do that because that'll let me delve. Uh, in, in case anyone is listening to this and is interested, um, one of the types of scary movies that when we first started talking about doing this podcast that Cindy was most leery of were ghost movies. Mm-hmm. And I thought... Well, because of the jump scare aspect. Yeah, we'll like dip our toe in ghost movies Dink. before we dive in with something, you know, later down the road that's a little Dink. more traditional haunted house shit like Poltergeist or The Conjuring. Mm-hmm. So this was a nice, like, it served a good double purpose. It, it gave us five movies that I think are really fucking strong. So we've watched... Um, let's see. Devil's Backbone. That was week one. The Changeling. That was week two. I don't, Lord, I can barely remember. I'm a little out of order. Stir of Echoes uh, was Stir of Echoes. And, and then, then Lady in White. That was, oh yeah, that was what I'm forgetting. Lady in White. So what are we doing as we wrap up? You, oh, by the way, your month gets five weeks. I'd just like to say. Okay. So what are we wrapping up with? What was, are we ending with? I, I feel, too, that people should understand that you're calling it my month because this is my my birthday falls in this month. In fact, your birthday follows... It's this uh, week, right? Yeah, Last it's, week? it's the 30th. Yay! We're recording this back in the beginning oh, of yeah. August. Back in the... Back so in the... So if something day awful day. happens and we don't address it, we're sorry. Yeah. We did not have foreknowledge of said event. Um, so we're bookending this with Spanish ghost movies. We did... <laughs> you Pan started Sp- with... Uh, no, Devil's, Devil's Backbone. Backbone. Yeah. And then now we're doing... Uh, Tigers Are Not Afraid, which is a fucking beautiful movie that gutted me to my core. Oh, fuck. Yay. I love this movie. Josh. This movie is very high on the list of, I think, the best films of the last couple years. Josh. So, just saying. You said this about things like Mama. We can talk about Kevin. You said, the like, oh, I've been excited but gutted by... and both of those movies had profound impacts on my psyche and haven't been the same since. <laughs> I don't think it's going to fuck you up nearly to the level. I don't think we'll... Don't, I'll be hard-pressed to find something... frailty fuck me up. ...that will go to the depths of fucking you up that we need to talk about Kevin did. Mm. That movie... And people... I know people that are like, that's not a scary movie. And I'm mm. like, 
Boy, they oh are boy. not a mother, nor are they a teacher, nor are they like there's certain categories that you have to fit in on. And I hit all of them. I just and it terrified me to the bone. It's interesting, you know, what makes something scary, what is scary, like something jumps out and you're like, oh shit, temp like for a second. You know, or is it dread filled shit? <laughs> like what makes a scary movie scary for people, I think is widely <laughs> different. It's and you yeah. said, but you started this month by saying the last movie was going to be hard for me. Yeah. Silence. I think it's going to be hard. I mean, it's not like, mm. I mean, I'll say this now and we'll put a bumper because I've not seen this movie in like a year and I want to make sure I get all of the, uh, my ducks in a row before we do it. So we'll drop a disclaimer at the beginning of the episode. Mm-hmm. I will say this movie does have dead kids. So that is a thing. Um, but so did Devil's Backbone. Yeah. Like, there was a lot of dead kids in Devil's Backbone. Um, I... There was, I mean, one, really. Uh, but... That truck exploded and oh, killed that's several true. kids. That's true. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that this will be your favorite movie. Either oh? this will be your favorite movie of the month or the one that, like... You're like, that movie fucked me up. Like, God damn it, Josh. But I'm leaning more towards, I think you'll really like this movie a lot. I think this will be your favorite film. <sighs> okay. The so let's get into this movie. When did this movie come out? Uh, well, that is a complicated question. Okay, talk to me. So, um, this movie was released in Mexico because it's a Mexican it's a, right. film. Okay. It was released there on November 2nd of 2017. And then it debuted... At mm-hmm. Fantasia Fest in the U.S. a little earlier than that, it's September twenty fourth of two thousand seventeen. Okay, but it didn't actually get a theatrical release um, until uh, August twenty first of two thousand and nineteen in the U.S. and then didn't get a wide release in this country until Shutter put it out because this is a Shutter original technically because they bought the rights. What was the other movie you did that it. was a Shutter original? Um, I'm sorry, did I ask you too fast? No, I'm... Uh, uh, Trinity Prasad. Wasn't that it? Was it? I think so. I think we watched one. Maybe. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, oh he's lost Shutter, Shutter released it on uh, December 3rd of 2019. So, to the US, this is kind of a new movie. Even though I'm going with the release date being in 2017. Because that's when it got released in Mexico. Okay. So... So 2017, I was kind of, I was a year away from meeting you, depending on, well, no, September, we would meet uh, shortly thereafter, right? No. No? No. I thought we met in February of 2018. It would be 18. 2018, but it was February. Was it? Yeah, it was during the strike. We met during the strike. Okay. Josh and I met in the midst of an embroiled strike for teachers' rights. The first time. We did it this two times, and mm. now we're in a pandemic. Anywho. Okay, so 2017, uh, I had, if it was September, then the buzz in my life was um, the teacher's insurance not ever being funded, and uh, the promise of it being funded had lapsed, and so there was we knew we were going to be going on strike at some point. That was kind of all yeah. I was worrying about at that in September 2017. That's uh, all I had to worry about. Uh, I was working. Well, not true. I mean, I had children. And 
I believe I was also low-key job hunting, and that worked out for me because I'm still in the same position. Now, not so low-key job hunting. Um, I Yeah, uh, 2017 was a really bad year. Um, not necessarily for me, but for our country. Mm-hmm. I was going back and I'm like, holy shit, 2017 mm-hmm. was a dumpster fucking fire of a year. Yeah. Um, so 2017 in Lay it on me, brother. So Trump sworn in Ugh. in 2017. Yay. I just vomited in my mouth a little remembering that. But and go then, ahead. Like, this is, ho- this is how exhausting the current state of the world and the current administration it is. It feels like it's been forever. That you hear these things and you're like, oh, yeah, that feels like a decade ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and, yeah. The Women's March. Yeah, that was a good one. Right? Nintendo Switch is released. Yay! That has been such a lifesaver in my household for quarantine. Yep. Donald Trump fires James Comey. Hate him. Sorry. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, fired James Comey. Remember that? Yep. The I guess the I don't know. He fired a lot of people. The investigation began. <sighs> there was the bombing at the Ariana Grande concert. Oh God, that yeah. There was the humanitarian mm-hmm. crisis in the Yemen that uh, mm-hmm. we just stopped talking about. Yeah, yeah we just uh, ignored for a little while. Yeah. Uh, the Charlottesville rally was in 2017. Remember that? The Unite the Right rally? Oh, or was that the um? They, that's the Tiki torches, right? Yeah, they. Dumbasses. Jews won't replace us. They were walking across campus chanting that shit. Yeah. I was in a hotel room with Jason Jones and we were like, oh, fuck it. I can't believe this shit's happening right now on TV. <laughs> Little did we know it would become the norm. Uh, the Las Vegas <laughs> shooting. Remember that? Yeah. Yeah. That guy just opened fire on that. Was it a Luke Bryan concert? Um, it was like a country music festival. It was a Luke Bryan. And was Luke Bryan was, per- yeah, was performing. Right. Correct. Uh, oh, yeah. And Disney bought Fox. They announced today um, Disney is getting rid of the FOX, their Fox. Uh, They've rebranded anything that was Fox television productions is now 20th, 20th, what is it, 20th Pictures. Because everyone was laughing because they got rid of the century. It's like 20th Picture. Okay, I'm sorry, what? Huh? That makes me so sad. But they got rid of Fox? I miss Fox. The TV show, the channel? I just didn't know. Not the channel. Like I am so old. I remember when the Fox TV show, the Fox Network started. I remember big promos and lead-ups. They were going to start this new channel. Um, in the Philadelphia area, it was Channel 24. Uh, Simpsons, Married with Children. Like I remember the core yeah. stuff. One of those it was huge. <laughs> well, Married with Children, I mean, holds up. I don't think it's ever not been in syndication. Uh, no. The thing for me is, it, it's so frustrating when other people, and I'm not saying you, I'm just saying that there's a slew of people in this country that were like, now we can have the X-Men in the Marvel Universe, but I'm like, it's such a terrible idea to only have like three fucking companies own everything. That's a good point. Um, That's a different podcast. Then they're going to, like, next thing you know, we, we'll lose access to like the alien movies. I, I know. It's just, fuck Disney. It, it's a slope, but that's a different podcast entirely. Tell me, uh, who died that year? Yeah, died and born. Democracy. Oh, um, so a lot of people died in 2017 that really hurt. <laughs> I was like doing this. I'm like, oh yeah, I remember oh, really being okay. upset by this. Um, John Hurt. Uh, he was old, but see, that's a weird tie-in. John Hurt. Was hurt? Just talking about with uh, Alien because he's an alien. Oh, um, but. Seeing John Hurt go sucked. I was kind of wish I could have met John Hurt. 
Uh, Mary Tyler Moore was in 2017. Yeah. Oh, that one was hard yeah. for me. Yeah, Bill Paxton had that crazy heart surgery they didn't wake up from. He yeah. was like one of those people that... It was just a freak accident. Like, some people just don't wake up from like being put under. He, he was one of those people. That's crazy. And uh, he did, like I think, Marin's podcast a day or two yes. before surgery. That's correct. It was really fucking sad after... Because uh, I heard it after he died. Uh, Adam West died in 2017. Oh, that one was hard too. Adam Wee. <laughs> Adam Wells. And to hearken to last month's podcast, uh, George Romero died that year. Oh. Last month we did uh, the George Romero four original zombie movies. Look for those. Okay. So this movie. Oh, okay. New movie. Okay. New words. Forgot about that. 2017. They're very Trumpy. Word salad. All right. Yeah. Weak sauce. Okay. And facepalm. I'm about to facepalm this. God. Yay. No. Yay. <laughs> no. <laughs> this movie is good. Bonkers. And kind of depressing at times, but less depressing than a Trump. Than the current. Team. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Who's in this movie? So it's a, you said it's a Mexican oh boy, made, oh boy, made oh movie. Um, yeah, it is a Mexican film. It is. Uh, I've been really pleasantly surprised as someone who, prior to 2018, I didn't really watch a lot of movies. I've been really impressed with what we've seen out of. Like we you, we watched Roma together. Really loved that. Um, a lot of the Mexican movies have been like really compelling and interesting storylines, yeah. which worries me for this one. So continue. Well, the thing about the Mexican <laughs> movies is for the longest time it was the big three. That's when everyone like, what's Mexican filmmaking? It was, um, it's Guillermo del Toro and God, I'm trying to remember the other two. Um, but the but there's kind of a core. There's three best friends, and mm-hmm. they all have one best best director, best picture. Oh, nice. Um, and. Uh, it's Not too far off from my best friends names, and myself. One of them directed Roma. He also directed Children of Men, which is fucking yep. amazing. That was but, a good movie. Um, this film is two things that you're going to like. Two things. It is an hour and 23 minutes long. Yay! It is short. That's my favorite. Continue. It is directed and written by a woman. It's my second favorite. You're right. Yeah. Um, it's written and directed by Issa Lopez, who got her start writing... Mexican comedies. Oh, like, um, okay. Like romantic comedies. Because yeah. there was a market, right? Like, yeah. as American films stop doing the mid-range... Absolutely. Uh, ...romantic comedy film... There's a there's a niche and a hole. There was okay. still a market for, like, the... Thanks partly to, like, telenovela. Right. Mexico, this, like, romance Rom-com. soap opera comedy mm-hmm. that there wasn't... Mean, there weren't movies coming from America to fill that... Uh, need anymore. So we had so a big rise of Issa Mexican. Lopez, okay. who's the filmmaker, started writing them and started directing them, and then this became her passion project. Is that she used all of her clout, and um, once she got it made and got it released, her and like an army of her supporters and the film supporters would tweet Guillermo incessantly yeah. to be like. Please, Guillermo del Toro, watch this movie. You would really so like it. So what is it. the name of this movie? I, I said it. It's Tigers Are Not Afraid. I Tigers. At the beginning. At the very beginning. We haven't said it since. So Tigers Are Not Afraid. Yeah, Tigers Are Not Afraid. <sighs> okay, continue. I'm just worried. It's a newer movie. It's talking about a powerful subjects. 
It's from a woman's perspective. I'm nervous. I'm it's nervous. from a children's perspective. It's from children. Well, I mean, like the the writing. Yeah, it okay. was written and directed by Issa Lopez, yeah. but it stars children. Okay. Um, and the 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 children it stars were all non actors. So I'm just gonna go through their names. I am sorry, I do not speak Spanish. Yeah, I have a story um, about his Spanish teacher, but that'll be for another day. So the film stars Paola Lara as Estrella, 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 um, and Juan. Ramon Lopez as El Shine, uh, Hansel Casillas as uh, Tusi, Neri Arandondo as Moro, Rodrigo Cortez as Pop, and that's kind of, that's the kids. Okay. They, the thing about the kids is this: so they had no acting experience at all. They were picked out of. Um, well, I'll say this. They shot this film in chronological order, right? From beginning so, to end. Okay. And the children were never given a script. So they just had to... They were given the situations, but they never given the script. So that way, all of their reactions mm-hmm. were authentic reactions, right? They were given acting lessons, but their acting lessons were more geared towards improvisation. Okay. And they weren't given, like, you say these words, They were, you know, they were just like, this is the situation. And then they recorded the kids reacting to the situations they put them in. And so you get, it's the opposite approach that Del Toro did. Okay. And where Del Toro, I think Devil's Backbone is a better plotted movie. I think this movie has better children performances. Like the kids are fucking phenomenal. Um, Yeah. And they... They went through, it was like 600 kids were interviewed uh, before they ended up finalizing this cast. So, How old are they in this movie? Are they like, like teenagers? Okay, nine. wow, okay. Yeah, they're similar in age to the kids in Devil's Backbone. Uh, the only other members of the cast uh, the, that aren't children is Yanis Guerrero, who plays um, Caco. Caco? He, yeah, he's the club owner. Uh, no, it's the Club of Cuervos on Netflix is a show he's in, so he's kind of known from that. Okay. And Tenoch Huerta, uh, he plays El Chino. He was uh, probably the most recognizable from past roles. He was no. in Sin Nombre, which is a pretty fucking awesome movie, and Get the Gringo, which is a uh, Mel Gibson movie that takes place in Mexico. Ooh. So... So, anybody else? I mean, so these are all pretty that's, much unknown, so that's I, kind of what makes it a good movie, yeah, I guess. I think I gave you almost the entire cast. <laughs> okay, so do you have a poster for me? I do. Right. Um, one thing I want to tell you before I show you the poster is Ew. this movie made Guillermo del Toro's top 10 films of 2017. So, he is a huge fan of this movie, and he liked it so much that he is producing Issa Lopez's next film. Which cool. is a... So I love that that worked. Yeah, are you ready for this? I'm ready. It's a female written and directed werewolf western. Werewolf western. I am 150,000% okay. in for that. So, a werewolf western. Okay. Here you go. Here's... So this is the part of the program where Josh shows me an original poster. I try to discern some sort of meaning from it. Okay. Uh, we've got black and white, crows... Um, a dead woman, maybe a bride, 
and a child in front of the ghost back to the screen little stuffed animal in hand tigers are not afraid okay i'm gonna say this is about a little girl being haunted and her the tiger thing comes from her stuffed animal and she thinks her stuffed animal is going to protect her and that's why she like that's like she chants like tiger's not afraid i'm a tiger and that's how she gets over being scared of the ghost i guess the look that you're giving me is not fun i'm just gonna say that this is my favorite part of the show Mm -hmm. because your guesses Mm -hmm. sometimes um are awesome (laughs) and sometimes there's about a little girl rocking back and forth going tiger's not afraid tiger's not afraid there are times when I'm like, man, you're really close. And what? other times where I'm like, I kind of want to also see the movie. Uh, well, let's created. start writing those down and let's so. make some buco money. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Pitches a horror movie. <laughs> that does not exist yet. Yeah. We probably should not. Okay. where? So this is a Shudder? Origi- not original, um, but It should still be on Shudder. Like, Shudder is the one who brought it to the U.S. They put out a Steelbook Blu-ray which so you I have that. picked up. I mean, I think you can like, probably get it on Amazon. Like Twelve then. bucks on Amazon. Okay, um, it, this movie's worth it. I really, oh, really God. like this movie a lot. Stay tuned to find out what I think. Join us, won't you? Mind the doors. Feelings. Uh, All the feelings, please. Había una vez un príncipe que quería ser tigre. Los tigres no tienen miedo. Los deseos, como los cuentos.
Welcome back from Tigers Are Not Afraid. Can you say it in Spanish? No, because if I tried, it would probably be really racist and terrible, so I'm not even going to try. This movie was amazing. It was very good. Okay, can you quick... A key part to understanding this movie is... I was going to say... Uh-oh. He's laughing, and I'm trying to be serious. Who cried at some point during this movie? Everyone. Josh did, yeah. (laughs) Oh, I for sure cried. Now, you're going to have to be the one to kind of take the lead on this. Can you explain to everyone, because this is a fictional story, right? Explain Mexico. Explain. So why was that guy killing all those people? Why were they being kidnapped? What's go- And, like, this isn't a true story, but it could be. Can you um, kind of... It's This is weirdly one of those movies where it's a fantasy film that is occurring within the bounds of a very real issue. Mm-hmm. Right? It's not like the Spanish Civil War or, you know, like in Devil's Backbone. It's... I, I, I think it's similar. I think it is similar. Like, it, there are real periods of time. No, but I'm just saying, like, it's happening currently. Yeah. It's not. Um, but it, unlike, say, the Spanish Civil War, where Devil's Backbone takes place, that was a defined war, even a civil war. Like, what's occurring in the backdrop of this movie is just everyday life in Mexico. There's not, like, a war per se. There's not, like, sides. So people are just being kidnapped off the street. For what purpose? For human trafficking? Um, so, so then why would they be killed? Here's the thing. I actually, uh, the closest thing I have to a number is, and I got this from an interview with Guillermo del Toro about this movie. Mm-hmm. So this is a Guillermo del Toro statistic, not a me statistic. I didn't actually dive into the numbers of people that have disappeared in Mexico because that would further depress me beyond what this movie already does <laughs> in a great way. Okay. Um, so in a Roughly a decade, um, about 200,000 people have disappeared in Mexico, which translates to a couple every hour for a decade. Um, And they disappear predominantly to human trafficking, organ trafficking, and uh, just drug deals, like drug dealers and cartels killing whole families to get back at one member of the family. So the main character... Estrella, right? Am I saying her name right? Sure. Okay. Estrella. 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 So her mother we are is kidnapped. We are very white. We are, but I'm, we're trying to be... She's not kidnapped. Correct. She's killed. She's killed. Well, I mean, she's kidnapped off the street and she's killed. Yeah. Why? I would think like, okay, the, I, I thought immediately the organ trafficking, but she, there she's shown being tortured. Why would that fall into play with it? We don't actually find out with her mom specifically yeah. what it is. Uh, we do know that there are people in Mexico disappear all the time. And they're so sold crazy. into slavery. Um, either sexual slavery or um, like work slavery. Mm-hmm. The idea, and the thing is people tend to think that human trafficking, because I work in human trafficking. Excuse and, me? Uh, yeah. Not as a human trafficker, <laughs> but as someone who works with human trafficking victims. Um, Thank you for explaining. So I think a lot of people's perception of human trafficking is it's, you know... Someone, uh, children for sex. Someone, yeah, someone buying a person, probably mm-hmm. a child, for sex. And they're probably coming, you know... We think of the guy who goes to Thailand and pays to have sex right. with like a child. But it comes in a lot of forms. It comes in the form of um, having someone come to America from another country. Like saying, if I came from... 
uh, Bulgaria. Okay. Just pulling that out of my, my ass here. So I'm from Bulgaria. I come here. I work. I have a legal visa. I become an American citizen. And I write back or go back to Bulgaria and say, hey, I have a business. I can bring people over to America and help you get established. Get established and become American citizens. And blah, 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 blah. And then what I'm doing is I'm bringing people in. They arrive. Mm -hmm. I immediately take their passport from them, their identification from them, Mm -hmm. and I tell them they have to work for X amount of money, which is considerably less, right, Mm -hmm. than you would get paid with minimum wage, and then I am just working you like a slave Mm -hmm. because you have no recourse. Like, who are you going to go to? You're not an American citizen. You're there illegally. Um, And what happens when you work out your time? You have no money. Yeah, they have it, taken your passport. There is, there is no work out your time situation. Oh. Like, it's just, a, it's a moving field, like a moving field, like, goalpost. And the problem is, a lot of people that, you see this a lot in Russia. We see a this lot of, a lot in America in the nail salon Well, I'm just saying, like, a, a lot of people from, like, young women from Russia get mm-hmm. sent all around the world, and they're essentially told by these human traffickers, like, hey, you're here now, this is your job, you'll do it, and if you don't... We will go to your family's house and kill every member of your family. Wow. Right? Or we can make your life hell on earth or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's labor trafficking, which is a whole component. Um, we see a lot of labor trafficking in West Virginia. Yeah, people yeah. in nail salons, right? People. Yeah. That's um, big here. People that have to work 12, 15, 16 hour days at a place get paid far less than minimum wage. over. And then ha- end up having to share like seven or eight people in an apartment. Uh-huh. Like, it, it's a it's a it's very real bad. thing. So that, that's a component. There's labor trafficking. There's sex trafficking, um, which I'm sure everyone knows what sex trafficking yeah. is. Um, I think so this movie he talks about organ trafficking. That's pretty right. self-explanatory. The idea that's of like, what I assume. You just harvest people's organs, which is big money in Mexico, apparently. Wow. So one of those things was happening to her. We're not sure which one mm-hmm. because the key thing and i was going to talk about this a little bit later but i think we can go ahead and talk about it now before we get into talking about the plot of the movie is i think one of the complaints people would have about this movie is the camera's very jumpy and it moves and everything's kind of shot from a low angle it felt like you were one of the characters that was the it made it second person the camera camera is supposed to be the sixth kid i agree it's supposed to put you in the movie i'm not i'm not a movie watcher and i got that yeah Yeah. but i know like i've read reviews and i've heard people complain like you know i like the movie a lot but it's not the it's not the typical um camera moves and kind of sound structure of a del toro movie this movie jumps and the camera moves as I a totally got character. It. I totally got it as yeah. like um her like related to her somehow. Yeah. You know, like and, a little sister or something. And the thing is like even if if you get it, it might not be for you. Like some people don't like shake anything until the camera shakes they get upset. Which well, I don't yeah. like, but Well motion sickness. Okay, so th- they recap the plot. A girl's mother is killed. Um, it takes place in Mexico, so it's the cartels and it's the girl living with street little street urchin boys and um, trying to survive and also let her mother's ghost get revenge. 
There. That's, that's my summary. Yeah, that's very that's very succinct. Is that pretty good? I tried not <laughs> to ramble. What does IMDB say? A dark fairy tale about a gang of five children trying to survive the horrific violence of the cartels and the ghosts created every day by the drug war. There you go. Boom. Boom. Yeah, that was even more succinct than mine. Um, I think <clears throat> there's a lot in this. Yeah. Wanna, get, do you want to get, get started? A, get ready for or? conversation. Um, okay, so I think... Not to discount the other movies, but I think that for the majority of this conversation, it's going to be this and Devil's Backbone, because these two movies are very closely related in my head. Okay. Um, And I think there's some similarities, obviously, and some differences that are very important. So, you know, obviously the similarities are kids, in danger, ghosts, all that, like, that's all similar. It fits the theme for the month, which I guess that is, (laughs) kids, endangered... (laughs) Uh, ghosts not being the bad guys, right. wanting some sort of help. So it, it does fit that. You know their goal, which is either to find their killer or protect someone. Um, but the children in this movie, mm-hmm. we have one girl and a range of boys. Four boys. Well, it goes kind of in and out. Yeah. Um, so the children in this movie, I think, are already ghosts. Unlike. Oh. Uh, so unlike Devil's Backbone, there is an orphanage. There's a structure. The world, like the whole world, to them is at war, okay. and everything is awful. And there's no food, and they're barely getting by. Yes, but there are adults who care about them, and can provide some sort of basic structure. The children of this movie have are none of that. Forgotten. There, there is no adults that give a shit about them except wanting to kill them. Correct. There is no structure. They are essentially think about. living their lives as ghosts. As best they can, as a ghost, yeah. Yeah. They're ghost so children. They're, they're shadows. They're essentially ghosts. Um, and that, that's kind of, yeah. And Devil's Backbone, I think, is about someone stealing your future, right? We talked about the Spanish Civil War. Right. And it becomes a thing where, you know, you're losing your future because... The government was overthrown. It was overthrown, and, and it's Francisco all Franco is going to install what he thinks you should be. So your future is gone. This movie is about having your past stolen, right? right. Your roots and your culture and where you come from. Mm-hmm. And you come home from school. Well, actually, you go to school. You find out that school's closing. Like they yep. they did that because that's her her last structure in society. It's the last gone. tether. The to, last uh, the last tether to an adult who would care. And normalcy right. and what we would call like our lives is stopped, right? Mm-hmm. Because school shuts down, and then she goes home, and her mom's not there. Yep. So they've oh, stolen gosh. her past and her culture, and her support system is gone. So, and the only reason she even knows what to do is she happens upon um, tor- torch, right? No. The boy with the scar on his face. What was his name? Shiny. Shine, yeah. <laughs> Shiny. Uh, she kind of just like sees him as he's scavenging. Yeah, he was, and so uh, once she realizes what's going on and that her mom's not coming home and she's not safe alone, yeah. she just is like, okay, well, I'll go find that kid. He seems to know what he's doing. Um, that kid in real life is an orphan. For that reason? Like um, he's one of those children? His both his parents were dead and he was at the age you see him in that movie spending 
part of his time living on his brother's couch, and then the other part of the time just drifting from people's houses. She just plucked him off the street. So all of these people, all of these kids... Are just... Were plucked essentially off the street. Like, they interviewed 600 kids for different roles, but they didn't want any professional actors. Because the kids... And they can help some. They can help these kids. Well, the kids that would come in that were professional actors were... And, I mean, I don't want to shit on this part of Mexico. uh, But in a lot of interviews, Isa Lopez and Del Toro have, so I feel a little more comfortable about it. It's the idea of there is definitely a strong acting culture of, like, soap opera and telenovela down in Mexico. So you get a lot of these kids would come in that had professional acting gigs and they would deliver their lines like in a soap opera. And that's not what they want. They'd be like, no. How can you, it's hard to teach that kind of desperation, that adulthood that these kids have. And also like teaching an actor to unlearn all of their instincts which have been trained into them to deliver lines like, oh no, where are you going? Like, that, like, constant, like, overemphasizing every line that soap operas do, that had been drilled into all these professional acting kids. So they were like, oh, really? Oh. Mm-hmm. They went with real kids instead. That had no acting experience. Um, this movie, to me, like, we talked about it, it's about, like, the ghosts of these kids are ghosts and, you know, the idea of having your culture and your... Uh, your base being taken away from you. But it's this is a movie, I think, more than any movie we've watched this year that is about a breakdown of society. Right? Yeah. It's, yeah. I mean, it, we, I was thinking about Devil's Backbone because obviously that's the breakdown of a society as well. But you're right. There, There's more structure. This seems to be almost um, if we're saying Devil's Backbone and then Pan's Labyrinth is kind of like comes after that. Mm-hmm. I feel like this movie would be those guys in between from leaving the orphanage to becoming militants. Yeah. Um, does that make sense? It does. And Isa Lopez said that a movie that was a big influence on the look of this film was uh, a movie we did before on the podcast was 12 Monkeys. She said that yeah. uh, 12 Monkeys, the idea of the huh. world collapsing and nature's taking back uh, the streets is taking everything back over. Like, the way all the animals were in the opening of 12 Monkeys when he goes outside, right? And, like, nature's grown over and all the people are gone. How many scenes in this movie are... Um, there's, like, the hotel that's overgrown and there's the fish in the p- little pond that's not even a pond that just seems like they appeared out of nowhere, right? Yeah. Like, nature's just taking back over these spaces because people are killing each other off and disappearing. Like, society's just collapsing. And just, and you're right, and there's nothing. Yeah. Like, the whole point was that she got her about that bracelet. That bracelet was the only thing that they had. Um, and th- that's the fairy tale aspect of the story is that she gets to have that stupid bracelet. Not stupid, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's the fairy tale. She gets a bracelet because that's as much as they can hope for. It's It, 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 it was a very powerful movie. And for it what it was. wasn't even going to be about tigers at all. Yeah. So originally she had planned it to be a zebra. Why a zebra? Because she just felt like... Uh, I think th- she said the original ending was going to be that nature was taking back over all the 12 monkeys and they were going to, like, at the end walk away and there was just going to be a zebra there. And so the film's producer was like, oh, that's a tall order. 
and they got a hold of all the animal wranglers and everyone was like we don't have a zebra we have a hippo and she was like um no because one it doesn't work and two they're terrifying and dangerous like hippos kill a lot of people um a lot of people and there's a ton of them in South America now. Did you know that? Fun side fact. What? Yeah. They're not native to South America, but there's a fuckload of them in South America now. Because Pablo Escobar had a lot of them. And so now... And they escaped after he was murdered. And they've just gotten into the rivers in South America and multiplied. Well, then... So there's like a hippo problem in South Af- or South America now. Because of that weird fun fact side thing that has nothing to do with this podcast. Yeah. There you go. That's my knowledge for the day. But the animal wranglers got back and said, uh, well, if you don't want the hippo, we have a tiger. And Issa Lopez was like, well, So what yes. would the name of the movie be then? It had a different name. Okay. It had nothing to do with it. It didn't have an animal in the title at all. Okay. But she was like, okay, yes, I'll take the tiger. However, I have to change some things. This was like right before they started shooting because... A zebra just loose in the neighborhood says, like, oh, nature's <laughs> taking over, it's whatever. But a tiger mm-hmm. would have, it, there would be a whole story and mythos behind a tiger. Like, and tigers so are that all came mythic. From. Right? So mm-hmm. they added the whole thing about, like, the tiger and the drug dealer story. And at the end, like, that's why the, the tiger, like, that didn't come until almost the end. Wow. So I'm curious to see if the little boy's stuffed animal would have been, like, a zebra instead of a or tiger, it's... if that had been the case. Yeah. Hmm. Or if that wasn't even a thing, and they just kind of gave it to that character. Okay, there's so much, this movie, um, I don't think we can apply the Arkov method to this at all, in any way. Uh, I think we talked about the first week using the Guillermo del Toro model whenever we do movies like this. Is it beautiful? Is it, I don't remember what it all was. It didn't have a fun acronym like Arkov. But this is a very, for not being one of his original works, this is a very, I mean, he was involved in the making of it. This is definitely a fairy tale. Mm -hmm. Like, down to, it takes the premise from the story of the monkey's paw of, like, being able to make wishes. the three wishes, however. But but your wishes are all going to be not quite what you want. Yeah. Right? Like, every time she wishes for something, it's not quite what she wants. Like, Mm -hmm. she wishes for her mom to come back, and her mom does come back. But, but it's house. And she, I mean, all the way to the very end. Yeah. Um, and we'll leave that, we'll leave that hanging. I the, think you could apply the Arkoff formula. I just think it's going to be missing in certain things. It's, all right, the action is right there from the get-go. Um, she's, the yeah. school is shot up <laughs> yeah. and all that. Revolutionary. I think this is revolutionary to the Western world. Does that make, you know, there's an entire continent that is, that is familiar with this kind of a life. Um, I, I think it's a couple things are revolutionary. One, I think the story itself and the whole premise of the movie is revolutionary. Okay. Two, the well, I mean, fact we're talking that, about how it's monkey's paw. And... Yeah, the the fact that this is a movie from Mexico that was directed by, by a, a woman, woman, right? In a system that only wants the like you said the telenovelas, the yeah. the romantic, and she wanted to make this movie so bad and. Basically, she did use the loophole of, like, they would start doing romantic comedies, and they're like, well, we obviously should have a woman write a romantic comedy. So she became So she that. started doing that, but that's not what she wanted to do. So she, she had this, to fund Yeah, this. she had this backlog of scripts, and she basically leveraged those scripts, saying, like, hey, I've got these four or five things. 
you can have them if if I can make this movie. And they were like, all right, fine. Is that kind of how like David Lynch and Guillermo del Toro got started too? Um, no, no, not quite. Like, yeah. David Lynch got started out of art school because, of course, <laughs> and then went to because the and then went to the AFI. Uh, and then did like Eraserhead, which became a midnight movie. And then Del Toro, basically just his family had a load of money, and he just pumped. He did effects for movies, mm-hmm. and he just pumped everything into his little movie. But like he he made certain movies so that he could have like yeah. Devil's Backbone. But he could do that. He does. And... You know, he alternates between like the fun popcorn movies and like these little intricate movies. But like neither of them essentially created a whole portfolio of work and then said I will give you this if you leave me the fuck alone and let me make this like that's a pretty ballsy move on Issa Lopez's part oh it was a what on Issa Lopez's part a ballsy move oh I'm sorry I thought you, I don't know what I thought you said but I didn't think you said ballsy okay do you so oratory there's or an it, ovaries move <laughs> um yeah, maybe that was it. I was taken aback. Wait, anyway, uh, there's this movie is in Spanish, so there's nothing that I really, um, as far as quotes and oratories, but there are some beautiful kind of speeches. The story of the tiger, and like you said, the mythos behind that definitely fits in. I think that would, yeah, it does check off the oratory. Um, and then the last two for fantasy and fornication. Yes, for fantasy, this is a fantasy movie. No to the fornication. Um, the, and I am. Fine with there being I am no perfectly sexy okay time with that. in movies that predominantly start <laughs> Man. None of that for me, please. Um, so we Trivia, talk, give me some well, stuff. Well, we talked about, about um, her leveraging her existing body of work in order. Like, if you want to make these, well, you got to do this before mm-hmm. you can make these. So what that got her was $1.3 million to make this movie. That's and not a lot. 36 shooting days. That's not a lot either. Because there are, there's a limited amount of time, even in Mexico, that you're allowed to have kids working. Okay. Right? I'm sure it's a little more lax in Mexico. But, but it's still, like, it's you, something. Can't, you can't do the insane, like, we're going to have these kids do 16-hour days. Like, you can't so do that. she made it happen, though. She did. Um, With some really nice effects. I would like to just point out, because there's, I mean, there's not a lot of, like, trivia, like, fun little notes about this movie but there's a lot of thematic stuff about this movie Uh, this movie hits me in the heart in in the gut in a way that I both love and it upsets me that this world exists Mm -hmm. because this world does exist and the thing is like people will watch this movie and they'll think oh my god Mexico motherfucker this is happening in West Virginia what I think it is you know if you take if you take Cinderella, let's say, that movie is about, and take the fantasy element out of it, it's about a stepdaughter whose father dies, and she is a slave to the stepmother and the stepdaughters, right? And she's being abused physically and emotionally, right? But you don't think of it like that, do you? Right? It's more of like, oh, and she, has, she has an evil stepmother, and oh, it's a cartoon. This is a bunch of orphans you know like it's just, it's a fairy tale I, it's just not a I'll pleasant do one, one I'll do one better than that this world is real I work in social services in the state of West Virginia I can name you 
five kids off the top of my head no, I don't. don't even have to think about. They're, I can just picture them in my head that at some point in their life, a parent or parents let their drug dealer have sex with them to settle drug debts. Okay. And that is in here. That is in West Virginia. That is in the continental United States. So the idea of like, oh, Mexico's in this really bad way and shit's... I mean, yeah, they are, and it is, but it's also here. It's locally as well. Like, And I'm sure that goes for just about anywhere in the continental U.S. Uh, Well, just probably... I mean, anywhere (laughs) in the world. Like, there's no country that doesn't have human trafficking. There's no country where bad things don't happen to children. The, The point is, like, we have to acknowledge it and try to make every person's life better, mm-hmm. right? Every person's mm-hmm. life. That's the goal, not just some people's lives. Um, I think the big glaring difference between this and Devil's Backbone is at the end of the day is... The structure. Not only the structure, the but the end of Devil's Backbone is a group of boys, Lord of the Fly style, mm-hmm. walk out into the open world. They have each other. Leaving mm-hmm. everything behind, and they have each other. Yeah. And this, it's the same ending, except it's just Estrella. Estrella. Right? Yeah. She leaves into the field, leaving behind civilization, going off in the unknown by herself. She doesn't have that support structure. She doesn't have that culture. She doesn't have that background. Mm-hmm. And I think also because she's a woman. It's going to be that much she, harder. It's going to be harder, and she has no immediate support. Right. At it's definitely um, a more bleak outlook for a teenage girl on alone in Mexico than a teenage boy. I mean, they're both pretty bleak, but uh, one one step down, uh, I'd say. But a review of this movie, I uh-huh. fucking love it. Yeah, this, this was is a great movie. One of my favorite movies of the past couple years. I would uh, real quick. I would not watch this again. I would not watch it again. It's hard. That this is a hard movie. Uh, I definitely would not watch it with my kids. Uh, I, I enjoyed it. It was. It's. We'll talk about it in just a minute where it kind of falls on my my list for the week or for the month. But I don't think I could handle it again. It's uh, heavy. Yeah. It's it's a lot. It's not one that you would reach for all the time for fun. But I will definitely watch this movie again, and I will. I would watch this movie with anyone I possibly can because I think. It's an important More message. Eyeballs need to be on this movie, like it is a just a just a, from the point of art, it is mm-hmm. gorgeous. And it's an, an, great. anything kind of done in second person is is worthy of a and anything done well in second person is worthy of a look. From like a social services perspective, like this movie shines a light on a huge problem that we don't ever want to talk about, and yeah. and if it, that gets more people like hitting that wall and going oh this is a thing like why do like i want you to do me a favor here's your homework assignment okay i want people to watch this movie and then ask themselves why are people appearing at our southern border wanting to get into this country yeah and then why why are we immediately throwing them in cages yeah watch this movie and then ask that or ask that and then watch this movie. Okay, so this is the end of the month. The end of the month, we have to rank our movies. Yeah. I've got my list ready. Do you have yours? 
I do. Um, okay, I'm going to go. Are you going one to, one to I'm gonna six go, or one to five or five to one? I'm going to go one to five. Okay. Um, my number one this month was Devil's Backbone. Okay. I really, really liked that movie. I like Guillermo del Toro movies. I like the look of them. Um, number two would be this one. Tigers are not afraid. Okay. All right. Again, okay. it's an important movie. Fair. I don't think I can just watch it again. I feel things. Uh, three would be Changeling, because you know I love that house. All right, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Okay. Four, Lady in White. Like the movie, like the message. I get why it wasn't a hit. And uh, five was Stir of Echoes, because I, there were some plot hole problems that I can't get over. That's my list. <laughs> He laughs. How, right, how close am I to yours? What do we got? We'll see. I'm going to go five to one. Five to one. Five to one. I like to I like the countdown method. Okay. Um, number five, Stir of Echoes. Boom. Same. Uh, I like this movie a lot. Um, I enjoyed watching it. I think it's got a really kind of fun vibe. But I, this was a stacked month. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All of these movies were really they fucking were, good. It was a good birth month for um, you. You've chosen well. Man, all these movies are really good. So number the four? fact that it's number five is not a slight against it. No. It's just... It made the it made the list at all. There are lots shit, of movies out there we was. haven't watched. Oh. Four. Uh, the Changeling. Okay. Um, I think... It was a little over the top. I get it. Back to back, it's a better movie than Star of Echoes, and it'll stand the test of time longer, but it's... Ooh, it's a little. <laughs> it's a lot. It, it's a little it long in the tooth there. at times. Agreed. Uh, there are moments where I'm like, oh. I just had a lot of fun stuff to look at. Something needs to happen. Three, um, three, lady in white. Okay. So we had our threes and fours flipped. I enjoyed the shit out of lady in white. Me too. Watching it again, I was like, this whole. I see what they were trying to do. I see what they were trying to do. I don't know if it was editing that went poorly or, Fuck or that. what. I think Lady in White is perfect okay. for what it is. For what it is. Um, Doesn't know what it is, but for what it is. It's a children's fable with political messages political and molestation and I mean, honestly, kidnapping. I think the world would be a better place if every filmmaker would slide subtle things this wasn't super subtle but like just little bits of the stuff in the movies to remind children like yo racism you can get is touched. fucking terrible oh don't be a racist piece of shit like you know what i'm saying yeah like uh i think yeah. the i think the world especially the united states right now just needs a subtle nudge in its children's programming every once in a while to be like so racism is awful all right what's your two um number two this was hard <laughs> Are we the same or have we flipped flopped uh, again? Number two is Tigers Are Not Afraid. Boom! Um, we are the same. I think this movie is absolutely gorgeous mm-hmm. and I love it. However. However, it is not. I think Devil's Backbone is a masterpiece. fucking masterpiece. It is gorgeous. Um, I have in the past considered getting something from the Devil's Backbone tattooed upon me. That's true. Um, upon the, your virgin skin. Upon my... Uh, my ass cheek. <laughs> um, no. But I I just think Devil's Backbone is... It's very beautiful. Holy shit. Um, it's a lot, though. And I think what it comes down to is I think Devil's Backbone is amazing. I don't think it's as um, socially important as Tiger's Not Afraid is. Mm-hmm. So I'm just judging them yeah. on like, um, it's not them as current, movies. Yeah. But I think... 
I could I could definitely watch Devil's Backbone before I could watch Tigers. Agree. Yeah. Again. Well, so I obviously agree. That's where I kind of leaned. Okay, so we as we slide into September. September. What is going to be our theme for September and our first movie? Oh, September. So September. I can't believe we're already September. Twenty twenty is flying. Well, it, it, the days the days are long, but the months are so short. Yeah. Like it's hard going through, but looking back, you're like, whoa, I blinked. Someone reminded me that January was. Remember when we were talking about The Witcher mm-hmm. on Netflix, and I was like, Jesus, that feels like ten years ago. Yeah. Um, so speaking of that, Gosh. and 2020 being fucking trash awful, fire. What do you got? Um, time travel. We talked about it. Ooh. We were originally gonna do it in July. Time so the idea travel. Of... Are we gonna do the fly? Oh, are we going to do The Fly? No, The Fly has nothing to do with time travel. Oh, I thought that was the whole thing. It was like nope. moving from place to plate. Okay. That's not time travel. That's teleportation. <laughs> All right, so join us next month for September. We'll be watching what? <laughs> what movie are Teleportation is moving from one spot to another. Okay. Uh, it's all, it's going to be a month of uh, movies about time travel. And time we're time opening travel. it with James Cameron's The Terminator. That's a horror movie? I thought it was an action movie. Maybe it's both. All right. Remember Dog Soldiers? That was both. (laughs) All right, guys. All right, well, join us next week. Until then. I'm Josh. And I'm Cindy. And I'm still his girlfriend. And Terminator's a horror film. (laughs) And the doors.